Psalm 27, 1 through 5. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh. They stumbled and fell. Though an host should camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion and in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock, a rock. We ought to be confident and we ask God in the name of Jesus Christ to give us confidence yes. in a world that is sick, in a world that is hopeless, in a world that is at war with one another. We need confident Christians. We need Christians, Father God, that can stand upon the rock of your word. Father God, make us that people. We pray this today, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm, I'm, often, I'm often amazed at, at folks that are really, really good at what they do. And the confidence that they have. And, and the, it's the confidence in their abilities that made them good. I remember coming up when, when Muhammad Ali would, 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 would just tell his opponent, what round he was going to knock him out in. And some of him would say, Listen, you, you're not going to last a round with me. Some he would say three rounds. Some he would say five. But that wasn't based on him just being silly. He was, a, he was considered by many to be the greatest boxer of all time because he studied his opponent. He studied the film. He knew how long his opponents could last or how much stamina they had and what kind of punches they might be vulnerable to. And he was proficient. I think about, you, you think about Tiger Woods or some of these great athletes. They, they knew how far they could hit every ball. How? Because they, they practiced their trade, and to the point they were really good at it. And if we, as people of God, are going to be confident mm -hmm. about the things of God, confident about going to heaven, confident that God is going to provide our every need, Amen. we need to know the God. Amen. We need to know the God. David here, David here talking about his own confidence in God. He says, in this will I be confident. He had a confident hope that God was going to provide for him. We've been talking about that. We, we went over to Claire's house on last week, last Wednesday, and we spent Bible, had Bible study with her, and we talked about hope. 
We talk about hope. We talk about folks that didn't have any. We talk about folks that ought to have it. We ought to be full of hope. As believers, we ought to be full of hope. Okay? Isaiah, Isaiah said this. He said this in Isaiah, the prophet. He said, behold, Isaiah 12, 2. Behold, he says, God is my salvation. There's, there's confidence there. And, and if you're saved today, God has saved you, delivered you, filled you with his spirit, and has provided for you and has been blessing you. You ought to be able to say the same thing. You ought to be able to say, behold, God is my salvation. He said, I will trust. I will trust. Amen. I will trust. I'm not, not, there's no might there. He said, I will trust and not be afraid. I said this last week, and this is one of the greatest verses in the Bible for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What doesn't that verse say? It doesn't say that we, we're not going to struggle, we're not going to have adversity, that we're not going to have trials, that we're not going to lose loved ones, and that we're not going to go through real hard situations. It doesn't say that. Amen. It says that through it all, we won't perish when it's all over. When we keep our eyes on the Lord through all our situations, he's promising us that we will not perish. That's good news. That's great news. Isaiah says this, and Isaiah was up against it. He was up against it. He was a prophet that God called, and, and, and when God got done talking to Isaiah and revealed himself to Isaiah, he said, who shall I send? Isaiah said, here I am, send me. And he knew that he was going to undergo some stuff. Well, he says this, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah. Here we go. Is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. He had a confident hope. Christians ought to have a confident hope. When we look at this stuff going on in the world, you listen to Jake pray. See all this stuff going on in the world? Riots and fighting, they shooting and killing. And all of us in here, all of us in here have been affected by it. All of us in here have lost loved ones and friends and family friends to violence and the craziness of this world. But we can't lose hope. We can't lose hope. Watch Paul giving us an illustration of why we shouldn't lose hope. I got so many verses today, but watch Paul says this. He says in Philippians 3.20, here's why Paul had this great hope. He said, for our conversation is in heaven. Paul says, for our conversation is in heaven. He had, he had what we might call the, the hope of, of, of anticipation. Paul knew something better was coming. He said, we're going to go through down here. But he said, our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's where it gets good. Here's where it gets good. Who shall change our vile bodies. How about that? That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. See, we're down here, we down here getting fitted up. As believers, we're getting fitted up for our new bodies. When we get to heaven, we're going to get new bodies, glorious bodies, bodies that are designed to, to endure or to appreciate the glories 
of heaven. He says that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Are you are you ready for your new body? Are you getting ready? Are you preparing yourself? Are you you get you know you back in the day we used to go to the tailor. We get them tailor-made suits and we go down to JB Williams or we go to slide side locks in and get them you remember them Kenny don't you? Get them suits. They fit us all up, you know. We down here getting ready for some new suits. Amen. We get ready for those new suits. Every time we hear the word of God, every time, every time we count on the word of God, every time the word of God forces us to be obedient to the things of God, we getting ready. We getting fitted up. God wants us to get be, be to be ready when He comes. Think about it. Think about these these heroes of faith. They 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 got ready. People say, well, they, you know, God hadn't came when they were still getting ready. And the Bible says in Hebrews 13, they all died in faith. All died believing. All died trusting in the Lord. That's how we got to go. We got to go how? In faith. He says, and these all died, Hebrews 13, 11, 13, having not received the promises, but having seen them afar off. As Christians, we ought to be able to look into the heavens which cometh our help. We ought to be able to look ahead and say, you know what, no matter how bad it gets down here, no matter how much trouble we having down here, it's getting better. It's going to get better for the believers. Paul writing to the Corinthian church and they were they were going through, they had some doubts and some issues. And he says this, he says this in 2 Corinthians 5 in verse 6, he says, therefore we are always confident. How about that? As Christians, we ought to be always confident. How can you say that, Pastor? I'm going through. I feel hopeless sometimes. I feel depressed sometimes. I feel like you're not even there sometimes. That's why we do this. That's why we show up. That's why we fellowship and talk and read and pray and sing. Because we don't want to be always confident. Because one day, God's coming. God's coming. Amen. And, and he's coming for a confident Christian. He wants a Christian that's ready and expecting him to come. That's how he's coming. He said we ought to be always confident. Knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Then he says this, for we walk by faith, not by sight. What happens if we walk by sight? If we was to live this wor- in this world walking by sight, we would be hopeless. When we look around at everything that's going on and we walk by sight and we believe everything we saw and we believe everything we read and we believe everything that come on the TV and everything, we, we would be lost. But we don't live like that and we don't walk like that. We walk how? By faith. And how do we do that? Faith coming how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. You talk to somebody who's walking by faith and all they want to talk about is CNN and Fox and CNN and Fox. Now I'm walking by the word of God. Okay, I want to hear what God has to say about this situation. I want to hear what God has to say. And he says in the last days, there will be lawlessness throughout the land. He says in the last days, there will be a great falling away. Folks are going to lead the faith because they're going to kick their eyes off God. And when you take your eyes off God, you're going to walk away from the things of God. We need to be focused on the things of God. You ought ought to expect to come into God's house 
and, and hear the word of God, a word of exhortation, a word that encourages you. A word that encourages you. Because we have stuff that the world don't have. Let me, give you a, let me give you a list of some of the things that we don't have. I mean, that we have that the world don't have. I listen to people struggling. Sydney and I had these conversations, you know, and, and, and all that Ray has been through. And we had this conversation the other day. She said, you know, just what would you do at 22 if this happened to you? See? And, 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 I, and I can't really speak to it because I'm not 22. Okay? And I can speak to, 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 to right now and what every 22-year-old should have. Twenty-two, twenty-three, forty-three, fifty-three, sixty-three. 43, 43, 63. Paul says, without God in the world, that's troublesome because they're missing out on something. You know, we have, we have the promises of God for help in a time of need. Okay? So, so there was a song, somebody said, it's in the house. All that you need it's in the house. No, we have a strength from God. Isaiah 40 and 10 says, we have strength from God in our times of weakness. Some of us have experienced that. Some of us in here have experienced that. We've been down. We have, we've gone through some things, but God has given us enough strength in our time of weakness to, to, to get to another day. And another day. The next thing you know, another month. The next thing you know, another year. We've been through some things. He gives us He gives us cheer when we are hopeless. That's the word of God. That's what the word of God does. Didn't our, didn't our hearts burn on Wednesday when we sat with Claire? Didn't our hearts burn when we sat with her, knowing that she would love to be in God's house? I mean, she sends her resources here and she calls us and talks to us, and she's always praying for us. She sang for us when we went over there. Didn't our hearts, didn't our hearts burn? Amen. Amen. He gives us He gives us guidance. Psalms 32 and 8. He gives us guidance when we when we are perplexed, when we are troubled, when we when we don't know all the answers. Guess what? We got a book. We got a book with every answer. There's not a there's not an issue you can face that is not found in God's Amen. wonderful world. Isaiah 66. 12 says he gives us joy in our sorrows. I like that. I like that. In Isaiah 66, 12. Not Isaiah gives us peace in a troubled land. Wow. 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 Paul says we got a, we got a confident expectation. How about that? We ought to have a we ought to have a confident ministry. Think about I, I like to talk about Paul a lot because Paul Went through a lot. Paul was so much like us. But remember, remember Paul was on a ship. He was, going to, he was going to Rome. God had told Paul, you need to go to Rome. So he was on a ship going to Rome. And I'm going to read some of this scripture to you because it's just fascinating. Look at Acts 27. Now Paul is on a ship. And the ship has, has, has went off course and, and it is being tossed and turned by the waves and by a rough wind, I believe they call it a Eurocrates or some kind of crazy wind that was coming, but the ship was being destroyed. 
And here's what's happening because Paul had already told the folks, you know, you don't need to leave. So nobody listened to the man of God. People say, well, you ought to talk to him. I don't nobody listen to the preacher. Okay. So Paul's on the ship with all these folks and he already told them, look, it's going to get rough. Y'all need to stop. And, and wait a day. But they said, no, nah, we ain't listening to you. We're going to keep on going. So in Acts 27, 21, watch this. These folks is out in panic mode. There's total chaos on the ship. And they're already throwing stuff off the ship. And, and they're on the, on the verge of themselves jumping overboard because it got so rough. But Paul shows up in 21 of Acts 27. And it says, but after a long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and have not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and, and to have gained this harm and loss. See, Paul said, listen, y'all didn't have to leave. Now watch verse 22. And now I exhort you. Here's Paul. Ship out the wreck. Craziness all around. And he's cool as we used to say. Cool. Paul's cool as a cucumber. Why? Because he has a confidence that the world don't have. And he says, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of man's life among you but the ship. Okay? See, sometimes God will tear up your ship to get your attention. I did say ship, Columbus. Stay with me. For there stood by me this night. Here's Paul, man of God, apostle. He said, there stood by me this night the angel of God. Here we go. Now we ought to be able to say this now. Whose I am and whom I serve. Amen. Okay. Let me read that again, verse 23. And there stood by me this night, Paul's talking to these folks who don't believe, heathen folks on a ship. They listening now, though. He got their full attention. Okay? Okay? Saying, fear not. Okay? Paul. The angel's talking to Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Paul, the, the, God has told Paul, listen, everybody's sailing with you. As long as they stay on the ship, they're going to make it to dry land. How about that? And we serve a God that cannot do what? He cannot lie. When God told Paul you was going to Rome, you was going to Rome. The ship, the, you know, the wind represents who? Satan. Satan always try to get you to turn, change course. But if God said you're going to heaven, you're going to heaven. Now he said it was going to be smooth selling. <laughs> now we want to go to heaven. We want to go to heaven like going down a sliding board. We don't want to bump. No, heaven is up. You're going to go to heaven. You're going to have to climb some mountains. Amen. They used to sing this song. You can't, you can't climb no smooth mountain. You need them bumps to grab on to. Okay. Here we go, verse 25. Y'all stay with me. And he says in verse 20, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, talk Paul talking to him. For I believe God. That's Paul. For I believe God. 
that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. Now, now, verse 28. Now watch. Satan going to chase you all the way to heaven. See? Let me say that again. Satan going to chase you to heaven. If you're not running into stuff and craziness, that, that you, it might be because you you walking side by side with Satan. If you're going up and Satan's going down, you're going to run into him. Okay? You're going to have some conflict on your way to heaven because he ain't trying to let you go. Amen. Now, when they get to the island, now this is where it gets interesting. Now, verse 28, chapter 28, when they get to the island, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, the ship them broke all up. They was able to go to the island. Now watch what happens when they get to the island. And when they were escaped, Acts 28.1, and then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. Okay, now these are barbarians. Now, if you if you land on a, on an island with barbarians and they kindle a fire, that's usually not to keep you warm. Okay, but but God but God had given Paul favor. Okay, so you don't want to you don't want to land on no bar, island of barbarian and not know the Lord. Now watch what happens. Watch what happens. Verse 3, and when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. Now, now let me stop there. Paul saved them. Paul got them there. Now, you know, that's just why I always say, you know, be careful with all these apostles today. Because the real apostles today, they weren't a real apostle, like a Cleveland apostle. They'd have been probably sitting over on the, on the cover of the blanket. Oh, it's cold, it's cold. No, here's Paul. He's digging for sticks. He's helping start the fire because it would have been, it was me and I got y'all here. Look, y'all get the sticks. I got y'all here. I'm going to chill for a little while. Not Paul. Paul was bundling his sticks. Watch this. And he gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. Watch this now. Stay with me because Satan ain't going to stop. Some of y'all want, some of y'all want Satan free life. See, there's a lot of preachers out there trying to serve it up. You're going to have a Satan free life. You ain't having no Satan free life. Okay, not long as you're on this side. Long as you're in this flesh, Satan gonna bother you. Amen. Okay? This flesh belongs to him. Okay? And he gonna trouble you. Now watch. He gonna trouble Paul. And there came out of the fire. Watch this. And, there, and he laid the sticks on the fire and there came a viper. A viper. A snake. Not a milk snake like Margaret saw out here. Okay? That wouldn't have done nothing scare you that's it there came out a viper out of the heat and it fastened on his hand it's on Paul's hand it's fastened on his hand and it what's it doing it is pouring venom into Paul's body it is pouring venom into Paul's body and it's just hanging there watch this now here's Paul Paul had confidence he was a bad man he was a bad man okay God, we've been running around the fire We'd have been screaming like all the girl would have come out of some of us. Okay? Not Paul. It's fastened on his hand. 
And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer. He was. He was saved though. Whom though he escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered not to live. That's their thinking. He escaped the sea, but God is now going to punish him. God's still going to kill him. Uh-uh. Watch Paul. Remember that song we used to sing? Shake, shake, shake. Shake the devil off. In the name of Jesus, shake the devil off. That's what Paul, now watch what Paul does. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Uh-oh. You know what he said? That's all you got? Satan, is that all you got? Shook him off into the fire. And the fire consumed the snake. Okay? Hmm. And it, and, and it says, and he felt no harm. Howbeit, here go, here's here we go. Howbeit, they look when he should have swollen or fallen down dead all suddenly. But after they had looked a great while, okay, after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. Paul had a confident ministry. Now, in Acts 28:31, Paul made it to Rome. Paul made it to Rome. Now watch what happens when he gets to Rome. Because when he was in, in Rome, look what it says in, in 31. It says, Paul dwelt two years in his own hired house, received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence and no man forbidding him. Paul was God's man. And he had a confidence ministry. He had a confidence in God that no matter what happens, see, sometimes we get sidetracked. Little stuff happen to us. Little thing happen to us can throw us off. We got to be bigger than that. We got to be bigger than that. And the way to get bigger is to know that it's coming. Okay? The young boys at the prison used to tell me all the time, they say, if you, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And, and, and as Christians, we're going to have confidence. We got to stay ready because it's coming. Amen. It's coming. It's coming. James says, when it comes, count it all joy. Lord have mercy. How could Paul preach like that? How could Paul preach like that? Paul preached different than what we probably used to. Paul preached, Paul preached the power of God. When Paul preached, he wasn't, he wasn't just preaching, you know, what he wanted to. He was preaching the power of God. Think about that. Let me give you a couple of verses. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, watch what he says. He says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that what? Perish foolishness. But unto us, so folks in here that want to hear it, folks in here that love the word of God, folks in here that love the word of God and know what the word of God does for them and know how the word of God gives us hope, gives us strength, gives us courage, gives us grace, shows us mercy and love. Know what it is to us? It is the power of God. It is the power of God in a, in a man or woman who is truly born again and saved. They don't want to hear no junk. They want to hear the power of God. Paul, Paul would preach it everywhere. In Romans 1, 16, he said, for I'm not ashamed. He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. A lot of folks are ashamed of the gospel. 
A lot of of folks don't want to preach the gospel. They don't want to preach repentance. They don't want to preach it. They don't want to preach the need to be redeemed and the need to be saved and to be born again because they know a lot of their folks ain't and don't want to repent. And they don't want to run them away. That's not, that's not an option for the man of God. That's not an option for the, the preacher of the power of God. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He preached the gospel of Christ. Amen. He said, here's why. He said, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and then the Greek. Let me give you one more. I got, I got a bunch. I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to give you one more. We have access to God. I, I, all of us in here that pray, we know since asking Jake to come up here and pray or asking Columbus to come up here and pray and asking, asking, asking Deacon Jeremy to come up here and pray, if they had no access to God, I wanna, who are you praying to? Okay? Who are you praying to? Amen. You know what I mean? Amaya, I found out that Amaya, she likes fireworks. She likes fireworks. You know, when I go to the store and I buy the fireworks and light them up and, and they go flying up in the air. She liked that. But every once in a while you put one down and light it up, nothing happens. Okay? You got a dud. Nobody likes no duds. We don't want no dud prayers. So, you know, we ask you to pray and, and you know, listen, I ain't, I ain't, I listen, I don't need to be praying today because I'm, it ain't nobody hearing it. Hebrews 10, 19. Watch this great prayer. What, and, and I'm going to close with this, I think. Okay. I mean, I want you to understand four, five, let's see, prayer. How do you spell prayer? P-R-A-Y-E-R. Let me see, how many words is that? One, two, three, four, five, six words. Six words. And this is, this, what they, this is, this is, this is a, what they call a, a crestic or something. I forget the name. So what's the name of it? Okay. Acrostic. The P. In prayer, please the name of Jesus. Here we talk about prayer. People say, "I need, I need strength. I need to learn how to pray." Okay, the P in prayer means the, that if you're going to plead the name of Jesus. Okay, John fourteen six. Okay, Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me." Okay, so we're going to be praying. We want to plead the name of Jesus. Are in prayer. We want to regard the work of Jesus. What is the work of Jesus? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever. What? Believeth in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. So we want to plead the work of Jesus. Then, it, then we want to abide. A in prayer. Abide in the person of Jesus. If you abide in me. And in my words, you shall, you shall ask what you will, and I should, and it shall be done to you. That, that, that's the word of God. That's not me making that up. That's John 15, 7. Okay. Then, then this is the hard part. The why in prayer, the why in prayer means that we, that we yield to the will of God. We yield to the will of God, not to the will of the flesh, not to the will of man. So when we take what, what God is asking us to do and what the world is asking us to do, what our job may be asking us to do, what we got to yield to the word, to the will of God. And what is the will of God? What is the will of God? That we live sanctified lives. 
that we live lives that give God glory. Anything you want to do, you think about, well, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Is, is what you're about to do going to give God glory? How about that? 1 Corinthians 10, 31. And all you eat, drink, and do, do to the glory of God. That's the, that's the life of the believer. Because we be doing, we be doing some stuff. And if we ever asked us, if we ever asked ourselves, you know what, if, if I do this, am I going to be giving God glory in it? End of question. End of, end of conversation. You ain't got to call me and say, Pastor, I'm thinking about doing that. Listen, is what you're thinking about doing going to give God glory? Amen. There it is. You got your answer. Where did I stop? E. E, expect, expect the fulfillment of the promise of God. If you pray and if you don't expect God to answer, then your, your spirit ain't right. If you're putting up prayers that you say, you know, God, I don't know if God's going to answer this or not. Don't put it up. Why waste your time? I walked into the store one day. I walked in the store. I had my little collar on. And back in the day, I worked a little collar. I walked in the store right here, save a lot up in the Liberty Plaza, whatever they call that. The guy over there playing the numbers. And he seen me. He seen me. He had my little clergy stuff on. Hey, man, come over here and pray for this lottery ticket. I gave God glory. Amen. I just kept on going. Swayed down. Okay, I ain't always been saved. He did. So we got prayer. Remember, remember there are conditions attached to the fulfillment of prayer. God asked, if God answers your prayers because what? You asked the right thing. See? There ain't nowhere in the Bible where God, nobody asked God for a new chariot. God, I need a new chariot. Kid it out. No. Their prayers were according to his will. And their prayers were based on, on, on their relationship with God. We, we all had kids in here. Most of us had kids in here. You know, most of our kids know, what, know how much they can get from us. Based on their behavior. Now they, you know, I was a good kid. I was a good kid. And my dad took care of me. You know? And I knew what to ask him for, though. I knew not to ask him for his car, because he told me, he said, the first car you drive, he said, but the first, Kenny, this is how he was raised. He said, the first car you drive, you will buy it. That's how I was raised. Karina wasn't raised like that. I bought her probably 10 cars. <laughs> But that's what my dad said. I said, Dad, I, you know, he, I think he answered the question before I even asked. He's like, you know, you'll drive when you get your own car. <laughs> that's how I was. Okay? And I never asked him for money because I knew he was never going to give me no money. Okay? He gave me a rake. He gave me a lawnmower. And he gave me a shovel. And he said, now you go get yours. And I shoveled everybody's, I shoveled everybody's driveway on the whole street, cut everybody's grass. I never was short. Last verse, I'm closing. Hebrews 10.9. What's this? 10.19, excuse me. Stay with me on this verse. Stay with me on this verse. If you can turn there and go with me verse by verse, word by word, this is just fascinating because Paul is putting it out there. Okay, he, wanna, he wants us to have the confidence that he had that he could go before the Lord. Because I want you all ask, just, all of us in here got issues. All of us, who, raise your hand if you don't have no issues. Okay, nobody raising their hand. I don't even need to look around. Okay, we got issues, we got stuff. 
Here I am, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Okay? Paul writing, or the author of Hebrews, most people believe it's Paul because it sounds like Paul. He says in 1019, he says, having therefore, brethren, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me stop there. By the blood of Jesus Christ. You know how you enter into the holiest of holies? By the blood of Jesus Christ. What's that mean? By believing that Jesus Christ died for your sins. His blood was shed for your sins. You know, his blood has cleansed you. Okay? You believe that he was a savior on the cross. If you don't believe, if you don't believe Jesus died on the cross, don't put up no prayers. Amen. I hear people all the time that don't believe. Hey, our prayers are with the family. Our prayers are, your prayers don't mean nothing. You don't even believe. Amen. You ever had somebody tell you that? That don't go to church, don't open their Bible, don't, don't pray, don't have nothing to do with the things of God, and they say, I'm praying for you. Huh? No, thank you. Amen. Who are you praying to? Y'all know I, I give them the whole spiel. Who are you praying to? I'm praying to God. Which one? You pray to the one that has a son named Jesus who lived a sinless life, who died on Calvary's cross and was buried and rose on the third day with all power. You pray to that one. I don't, I, I don't know about all that. Keep it. Amen. 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 I don't say back in the day. I can do bad all by myself. By a new and living way. Here we go, Paul, verse 20. By a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us. He, he's given us a new and living way to get to the Lord. Remember, when he died on the cross, the veil was rent, wired from top to bottom, and we now have access to God. Don't need no pope. Don't need no priests asking me all about my business, how old I am and all that, and if I got any kids. No, verse 21, and having a high priest over the house of God. Who's that high priest? Jesus Christ. Let us draw near. Here we go. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith. We got to know who we believe. I know who I believe. And he is able. He is able to save from the what? From the guttermost to the uttermost. How about that kind of God? I, I know who I believe. And he says in full assurance, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. How about that? Let us hold fast the profession of our faith, faith without wavering. How about that? Let me say that again. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. You believe what you believe and nothing, nothing's going to shake you or separate you from belief. you got to have that kind of faith. Amen. If somebody can talk you out of your faith, it ain't the faith of God. If somebody can come around and say, well, you know, you know, Jesus was a white man. Jesus, you know, Jesus, the Bible was written by white folks and, 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 and it, it kept us in slavery and all that. If you believe all that, if somebody can shake you and startle you into believing that, then you don't have the faith that's necessary. Okay? For God so loved the world. 
And let us consider one another to provoke the love unto good work. Here, here's our here's our verse. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another. That's what we come to church for. We come to church and we we exhort one another and we we cheer each other on and we we call each other out. We strengthen each other. We hug each other. We pat each other on the back. We say, I miss you. Where you been? We need you. God loves you and all that. That's all we do. That's what it means. And we show up on Wednesday night and and we show up and I I say, Clemens, where you been? I say, Kier, you come once in a while. You don't come no more. I need you. See? It's exhortation. Okay. Okay. That's all I have. I'll pick it up next week. I'm going to talk about confident faith. I got so much. I I just think the church. Who was praying? Jeremy said it or or, or, or Jake said it. Mm-hmm. We're we the only Bible school some folks are ever going to see. Amen. Whether, we, whether we talk about it or we just live it. Some people just watch. Amen. Watch. Amen. Let's see how he handles this. Let's see how he handles that. Let's see how he handles this adversity or this trial. So where's your God at now? See, you know, people, want you, people, want your, people want your God to, to be ineffective. And we can prove it sometime by not lifting them up. Let us lift up the Lord. Amen. Amen. Precious Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the people of God. Thank you for the church, Father God. Thank you for people just wanting even to come and hear the singing and the praying and the preaching of God's word. Thank you for the prayers that were were sent up and the people who prayed them. Pray for these children, Father God. Pray for these children, Father God. What a crazy future they're facing. But we can say this because we know the word of God. With you, all things are possible. So we pray for for the families that are here. We pray for loved ones, Father God, that are not here. We ask that you be with them, Father God. Quicken them. Touch them, Father God. Let them know that they need the Lord. Father God, thank you in Jesus' name.